Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. We have a special special day today, don't we, Robbie? We're kind of we're not in studio, I guess I should say. I mean, how fun. We get to eat pork and then record. Right. <laughs> yeah, and if you guys don't know Pastor Jim, if you haven't met uh, Pastor Jim, we're, we're at his church. That's why we're calling him Pastor Jim. But uh, if you don't know Jim, we've talked about it. Jim is a really big man. He is. like, And he, 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 must, he must have something going on because he missed all the food. Six foot eight inches tall, I understand, in his heyday. And I don't even want to know how much. Yeah. yeah. yeah There's a lot of pork yeah. that took to, to get there. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, we're very grateful to be here. And we're going to continue today the, the series on surviving Christmas. If you've missed some of that, Robbie, can you tell them a little bit about what we've covered so far? Yeah, well, last week we, we talked about how to survive, right, family changes. Like yeah. if you've experienced the loss of a mother like you and I did last year, mm-hmm. or a divorce, or those kind of things at, at the holiday, how do you survive that when Christmas comes and that's going on in your life? But the week before that, we talked about... Uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank, too. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, do you remember what it was? Uh, were we on Christmas then, or was it? Yeah, the, we uh, had surviving Christmas. It was a first parenting. Week. Parenting. Parenting. Yes. Oh That's yeah. That, after my week this week, I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you should have had that aced, Sam. Yeah. But surviving Christmas as a parent. But this week, I've been waiting for this for like three weeks. I'm very excited about it. Surviving Christmas. Surviving Santa. Yeah. Wow. So what is that? You know, that's a that's a interesting question. As a Christian, you hear so many different takes on it. You know, is it okay to tell your kids there's a Santa? Is it not okay? What is it with Santa, and what are some of those customs? And there's just a whole lot of stuff right there, Sam. There is, and, and is that necessarily, are they, they good lessons that kids learn? Are they bad mm-hmm. lessons that kids learn? You know, learn of Santa's love. You know, how does that relate to Christianity? All sorts of things yeah. that kind of tie in there. But uh, at some level, you have to decide, you know, how are you going to survive Santa through the the holiday season. And you might imagine that we have a clip along those lines, right, Andy? Yeah, we have clips for everything. We, uh, we have a clip. We're covered on clips. You know, that classic movie that I love to watch every year, it's the Santa Claus, because there was that little thing in the bottom of the contract, and, you know, that kind of sets the stage with what is the deal with Santa, and so let's hear what uh, Scott Calvin thought. Dad, there's a Somebody's on the roof. Maybe it's Santa. Not now, Charlie. This Christmas, Scott Calvin's getting into the spirit the only way he can. Hey, you! By accident. If something should happen to me, put on my suit, the reindeer will know what to do. He's Santa. You killed him. Did not. When you put on the suit, you fell subject to the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus? What does that mean? It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. Ha! Calvin, you wait. What happened? Beastie. What, you put on a little weight? Does this look like a little weight to you? This is our perpetrator. This one's not going to be easy to find. Uh, Won't the uh, bright red suit and beard give him away? (laughs) Who's down there? Johnny, naughty. (laughs) Very nice. Veronica, <laughs> very nice. The Santa Claus. You're a 1,200-year-old elf? You look pretty good for your age. Thanks, but I'm seeing someone in rapping. That line as Santa Claus was coming to town there, you know, 
Billy Nice, Veronica, very nice. There's a lot of danger in that Santa Claus is coming to town theology. Yeah, you, you better <laughs> yeah. watch out. Right? You better watch out, yeah. The, the whole uh, naughty nice list, you know, I think that that's one that uh, you know, kids are very familiar with. Yeah, I remember one time um, when the boys were young and, and Caleb was, uh, was acting up. He must have been about uh, five or six. Uh, my wife decided it'd be a good idea to, to call Santa. <laughs> and and she, she called my brother-in-law at the time, and, and he was Santa, you know, told Caleb to be good. You know, he was terrified for like the next yeah. week, you know, because he actually heard Santa on the phone. You know, but but, I, I'm thinking the, the, the naughty list is fake news, personally. <laughs> I, I, I think it's fake news because you know my story about when I was a kid and the BB gun and the, I was out in the woods with my friends and one of my friends went to relieve himself. And as I was looking through the woods, I saw these targets appear. And I couldn't resist. That should have got me on the naughty list, Sam, because not only did I shoot him, and he gave the gut blood, blood-curdling scream all time. But then, <laughs> then I took the little neighbor kid who was about four and pulled him in front of me as a human shield when he returned fire. And he got pinned right in the, between the eyes, and, you know, I got my BB gun taken away. But... Santa didn't bring me coal in my stocking that year, nor did I get a switch. And so I personally believe the naughty list is fake news. Yeah, I think that uh, we, do, we have used it, to, to, at least I've used it at times, to try to kind of help control my kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think there's, there's so much danger in that, that whole philosophy, right, of that, that naughty list. You know, because there's none of us that are, that are ever going to make the good list at the end of the day. You know, right. I, I set out every morning to, tr- to try to do the right things and always do the, the best thing mm-hmm. and, and be Christ-like and all the things you're supposed to do. But I've yet to make it. <laughs> right, yep. It's pretty black and white, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't allow for a lot of grace. Now, now, Wayne, you've probably had several days you've made it all the way through. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> it's just all the way through, not a problem at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, for me, like, the, the thing that stands out the most is whenever I do miss the mark right is is that voice that comes immediately afterwards uh, i can't believe you did that I, you know yeah you're, you're a horrible person i can't believe that you missed it like that you know, definitely not the the voice of a, a loving father yeah so. yeah it's definitely a voice you're hearing but it's it's not the voice of god and and, and to clarify kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about today is we're not going to talk about whether you should tell your kids they're santa not tell your kids that they're mm-hmm. santa and you know how do you reconcile that and uh a Christian household. That, you can read a book on that. You can go do some other things, or we'll do a show on it another time. But we're going to talk about this whole Santa Claus philosophy. Right. right. And John Lynch, you know, you turned me on to this clip, you know, some time ago. And it just really opened up my eyes to something that I had no clue that I'd bought into since I was a little kid. But Yeah, we'll, we'll play it here in a second. John Lynch is a, a pastor out in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, he and Not the football player. Not the football player. Right. Different John Lynch. Right. Um, he's got some great YouTube videos. This is actually from one of his YouTube videos where he spoke to the Navigators. Um, very, very well done. But I want to hear him talk about the Santa Claus philosophy. And let's go ahead and listen to that clip. As early as we can remember, we have performed for acceptance. If I'm good enough, if I'm talented, diligent, beautiful, together enough, right, correct enough, I will be loved and accepted and blessed and happy, and if not, I will be rejected and receive a lousy life. You know what it is? It's the Santa Claus's coming to town theology. You see, we created Santa Claus because we couldn't handle God. Truth is, we can't handle Santa Claus. 
Oi, better watch out. Better not cry, better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. Checking it twice, maybe three times. You're going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Now, he knows when you've been sleeping, which is wrong in my book. Right out of the chute. That is not acceptable. I don't care who you are. You don't be watching me wake up in the middle of the night. Ah, Santa, what are you doing in here? Get out of my bedroom. There's no business. I don't care if you're jolly and sassy. Get out. He knows when you've been sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good for crying out loud. So be good for, uh, for goodness sake. There it is. The culture created it. Figure that out. Get it. Grab hold of it. Let that permeate your life and we sing it over and over because we believe it. There is someone watching. And your value is on how much you do right and how little you do wrong. And, and he's constantly writing down the wrong that you've done for future reference to bring up again to you. And if you're naughty, no soup for you, only coal. <laughs> and he's going to find you out. Oh, and this omniscient controlling legalist, he's coming to town. So you better watch out. You better fear this guy. You better stop your crying and sniveling. You better not pout. You better put on a good face. You better act like you're somebody different than who you actually happen to be. No matter how you feel, you better put on a good show. So doggone it, just be better than who you are, for goodness sake. When you, uh, when you listen to that, it, it's funny. John's a very funny speaker, yeah. but he's also um, has a way of just opening your eyes to some mm -hmm. things. And, and just really, when I heard that for the first time, I thought, you know, not about Santa, obviously, but, but wow, what a dangerous way to think. Mm. Right, because we put God in that spot. Exactly. We do. In our heart, thinking, he's watching me, you know, and, and the judgment's coming, and, you know, all that is, it, it, and it's an interesting place to find yourself because you think I've got to perform in order to get acceptance. Well, and there's, there's stories in the Bible that, you know, you can take, you know, somewhat out of context or whatever that would, would illustrate that. Yeah. You know, the Ark of the Covenant's moving along and it starts mm -hmm. to fall and somebody reaches out to grab it. Right. Crispy critter. Yeah, yep. Crispy he's gone. Critter. He's yep. striked dead. And you think, wow, that's, that's God? Yeah, and obviously, there's, there's more to that story, and we're not going to talk about mm -hmm. that today, but the whole philosophy is a vengeful, you know, overbearing, watching God Brassful. that is just waiting on you to mess up. Mm -hmm. right? and, and he's going to smack you down, and life's going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. I remember being a uh, teenager. I'd been saved, you know, I'd been a Christian now for probably five, six years, and um, and it's going to sound incredibly stupid, but as a teenager, you don't have a brain that really works. And, you know, I, I was thinking, I can say that I have teenagers. The, uh, <laughs> uh, I was supposed to have, we were supposed to have some big volleyball thing with another youth group and, and it started raining and I was mad, you know, and I was thinking, uh, wow, you know, thanks God. And it was all about, cause they were pretty girls at the yeah. other church and I wanted to meet them, but you know, I got mad, and I was angry at God, and I was, you know, telling him how angry I was with him. Well, it cleared up, and a little bit later that day, I was out doing some chores that my uh, family had been on me about to do, my, my mom and dad, and I was burning some brush, you know, using some gasoline to burn some brush, and uh, got in a position that was not good, Fire took off. I got burnt pretty bad. Um, it never happens with gas, right? Yeah, yeah, no. gas. Yeah, you got to use gas, but no, you don't. Don't, don't use gas. The, uh, but in my mind, that became 
I argued with God, and now I'm in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You're punished. Right? Mm-hmm. And what a dangerous place that was. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that was that way for many, many years until God really, we talked about here, God spoke to my heart at a boot mm-hmm. camp. You know, and stepped in and did some healing and did some love and, and did some things. And, and I got to see him for his heart, right? Mm. You know, should we fear God? Yes. Right? Fear of God is healthy. Right. Being afraid of God is something totally different. Right. And I love what John does later on in this video, but more in his book, True Faith. He talks about, do you see God, when you look at God, do you see God on the other side of your sin or on this side of your sin? And he talks about being in the room of good intentions where I'm going to get God on my side. If I come to church enough, if I pray enough, if I read my right. Bible enough, yeah. then God's going to get on my side and everything's going to go good. Mike, it's a room of good intentions. Right. I'm going to make, my, make myself do it. It's going to happen. Right. And that person tends to see God on the other side of their sin and trying to find a way to get over there yeah. versus seeing God on this side of my sin with his arm around me saying, and this is John Lynch's line, not mine. <laughs> Gee, Robbie, that's a lot of sin. <laughs> and we'll work it on it together, Robbie. You know, we're going we're gonna to go after this thing. But it's a matter of, will you trust God? Or are you going to try to right. earn your way to that? Which yeah. is gonna, and that's yeah. the difference between the Santa Claus right. coming to town theology and, I think, grace. Yeah. yeah, it is grace. I mean, for me, I was there uh, for a lot of years, that same feeling and, and all. And when I started getting him, seeing him more as the father that he really is, I began to think, okay, he's the ultimate father. So I'm a father. And all I have to do is my daughter, if she would do those continual things and she just couldn't get it right, at what point in time I would, would I abandon her and say, no, that's not enough or I don't want to hear you. Into, when you get it right, come on back here and talk to me. No, it's, it's never going to be that way. So I'm, I'm a human. You know, how much more is he going to love me in that right way to restore me and be by my side instead of holding out until I get it all right? Yeah, for me, it, it actually finally clicked, like you said, at a boot camp. Um, I spent some time with God, and, and I grew up with, with a father that wasn't quite so kind and, and, and loving, and when I miss, missed the mark, he made sure to let me know. Um, but God's grace and his mercy, you know, that grace, that, that unmerited favor, the, 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 the love that he has for us is unconditional, um, that, that I don't have to seek his approval. He already approves of me. He, he's already called me. He, he already loves me. He loves me because he loves me because he loves me because he loves me. Right? So it was, a, it was a really, really awesome experience. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking about, you know, if you, you know, the old adage, you know, pros and cons, right? You start to make a list of pros and cons. And if the measurement really truly was on how good I can be or how much I can not mess up, Wow, I'm done. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that, that con list is going to be incredibly, incredibly long. You know, and I, and I try hard, but we all fall short. And, and that's the amazing thing about God's grace. Mm-hmm. You know, the sacrifice that God made on the cross, that, that, that he sent his son to die for us, was not just for the sins of the moment, but the sins before, the sins now, the sins to come. That's, yeah, right. right. Yeah, we have to have a repentant heart. We have to do all the things that's our part of it. Right. But we don't have to be good enough right. in any way to find his love. But we have an enemy that loves to tell us all the time 
we're on the naughty list. Yeah. Yep. And I'll tell you this, we have a really creepy clip for you. It is creepy. I found this. It, it, this is a kid's movie, believe it or not. And it's all animated with Santa and all the characters, but the name of the movie is actually called The Naughty List. And, don't uh, Google that. Don't Google that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But, uh, yeah, when you hear this, I mean, it kind of gives you an idea of what kids, how they get that performance mentality. I'm heading to the toy shop. How is the nice list coming? Almost done, just checking it twice, sir. Good, good. Right on schedule, as always, Tinsel. Oh, the list is quite long this year. It's more work for us, but I'll take it. Absolutely. Although we have four days until Christmas, there's still plenty of time for children to go on the naughty list. We've instituted a real-time system that tracks report cards, bedtimes, and tantrums as they happen. I'm proud to say a Christmas 2.0 is online. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> that's, just, that's just creepy. Christmas 2.0, Wayne. It's coming your way. And it's, it's, it's a scary thing because, you know, how many years have I labored under that thought that I've got to earn my acceptance, my favor? So how, guys, can you... <clears throat> what's some ways that you can know, you know the work that God's doing in your life, right, as he's trying to do this healing, this restoration, uh, the things that he's always active on in your life versus that voice of the enemy mm. that's trying to remind you, hey, you're on the naughty mm. list, you're on the naughty list. You know, what's, what's some of the things that the enemy uses as, you know, his tools and his toolkit that aren't in God's toolkit? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, for one, the condemnation. Yeah. If you feel that, I mean, you know, wait a minute. Yeah. Yep. Condemnation, shame. Yep. Yeah. God doesn't, God's confronted me on things. Never once has God shamed me right. on anything. God doesn't do shame. Yeah, I think I read something the other day that a lot of times we make that uh, synonymous with with guilt, and they're really different. Guilt is just that prompting that you've done something wrong. Shame is like, you dirty son of a gun, what are you doing? You know, it's really the opposite of that, and one of them's gonna drive you away from God, and one is gonna pull you towards Him. Right. You can also right. take you into a place of loneliness. I mean, whenever you're the one who feels like you're the only one who, who's experienced this, uh, yeah. he, he can segment you out and, and segregate you from other people. Yeah, that isolation factor right. that the enemy tries to say, well, you're the only one that struggles with this, or mm. you're only parent that faces this issue, or you should be well beyond this now, right? Right. Somehow in life, or you've been a Christian for how many years? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. all those kind of attacks that God's just trying to, or not God, the enemy's just trying to isolate you from God. Right. And, you know, that's one of the things that, for me, the boot camps are that opportunity to get excited about having God confront you with something in one of those talks. But then we have the covenant of silence where everybody has an opportunity to go out and get alone with God for usually 45 minutes, an hour with a question that you feel this is something I need to work on with no condemnation, listening for God's voice to help you because you feel him on this side of your sin working with you you know, where, right. where can we go from here? What, you know, what direction do you have for me, God? Or in a lot of times, just affirmation. Yeah. You know, it, it's always amazing when you go out. We, when we have a boot camp, we, we do these, these talks. And, and 
we each take turns. God puts different talks on, on different people's hearts, you know, for each boot camp, even though it's a similar, similar topics that, uh, you know, we give guys a, a list of things to go out and kind of just ask God about. But the amazing thing is when God just steps in and does whatever God mm-hmm. wants to do in the midst of it, you know, and it may just be something simple as God reminding you that he loves you, you know, in a way that you've never felt mm-hmm. before. Maybe you didn't have a dad that ever said it, and that's the only thing God wants you to know is you have a dad that says it every day, every day, every day, every day, right? And it's always amazing what he does. And and, uh, so I'm going to do a little bit of a shameless promo here. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually not a a shameless promo, but we're about a week away from Christmas. And and there's a perfect gift that you can give not one, but but two men in your life. Or if you're a man and you want to buy one for a a friend, we're doing a, a BOGO. Robbie, so what's a BOGO? It's a buy one, give one free. Yeah. <laughs> so if you buy one boot camp at $199, then we're going to give you a second one for you to bring somebody else to help them get their heart back. It's a weekend. It starts on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so from a Thursday night, fri- all day Friday, all day Saturday, and Sunday morning is a lot of time to get some restoration because... So many men see life as they're going to go out there and do the battle, but like the Delta flight, they never bring the oxygen mask down to work on their own heart. Right. right. And, and so this boot camp this weekend is, is a vital time for men to get their hearts back. You know, I think about all the gifts that God's given me in life, and he's given me some tremendous gifts, my family, my kids, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. But for me personally, and that made a difference even to them, the greatest was my heart. Yeah. Right, giving me some things at my heart, and I can't even tell you how many boot camps I've been to anymore. It's well over in the 20s somewhere, probably. And each one has been uniquely different from the standpoint of what God's done in my heart there and the gifts that he was giving, mm-hmm. not just at Christmas, but all year long. Now, Wayne, I know you've been to uh, several boot camps. And, I have, you know, and, and several of them I've actually brought other um, guys with me. So if, if anyone out there is thinking that they might come and might not think there may be someone that would come along go ahead now and reach out and go ahead and and do that go ahead and get the tickets now while you can because there's always almost always someone in your life that god will point out to to encourage you to to bring them to the boot camp but you had been through teen challenge i did and and some other things can you kind of you know there you were walking with christ as you came into that but it's still impacted you can you share a little bit how that absolutely so the first two boot camps um that i came to i was still an addict um, and God had spoke to me there. Um, I think that's the, the root of kind of what the boot camp has been for me is, is it started that relationship. Um, you know, as you mentioned earlier um, in a talk that we had, that there are a lot of Christians who get saved and kind of stop there. They, they haven't been shown how you can actually have a relationship with God, you know, that he wants to speak to you, that he wants to talk with you. And we get caught up in the doing um, so much. Um, you know, think about um, Martha and Mary, uh, whenever they came together, um, whenever Jesus came into town, Jesus came and, and Mary sat at his feet and, and she heard from the master while Martha was busy about, you know, cooking dinner and, you know, which was the greater thing there. Uh, if, if it starts with a relationship, you know, it needs to start there. Um, but as far as what I learned there, again, you know, just that hearing from God that he actually wants to talk to me, that you can ask such a small question, and he cares about that littlest of things to answer. Just, again, to, to poke your heart a little bit, to, to say that I'm here, that I do love you, and that I have so much for you. So. 
Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, the ones that I've, I've went to, I've been to probably 12, 10 or 12. Even went to the one in California, uh, Colorado this year, and that was really good. And I realized from that experience how much what you're getting is spot on with the content and the spirit that it started in Colorado. And I was quite frankly, I came back to these guys and said, you guys have replicated this. The credit, they'll quickly defer to God, though. But any, this is a message that a lot of men need to hear. Uh, there's things that they didn't have the father uh, figure that they needed. It'll help you with those kinds of things. But this is something that you're going to get that um, will just deepen your walk. Um, but just to talk a little bit more about how they've replicated it here, again, it's been a dependence on God. It's taken that framework that, that kind of the other boot camps come from. But there's also added flavor. There's things that I've seen in this boot camp that I didn't even see in Colorado. So it, it is unique, and it's custom to what God is wanting to do with his people in this area. So, And, and to carry on, it's, it's really, really fun to be here with these guys at the bridge and to be able to do this in this format and this way. In a boot camp, if you were there, we not only have the audio ver movie clips, we have them up on screen. And, you know, Jesus talked in parables because stories speak to your heart. And that's where God's, that's where the action is. It's in your heart. And God comes after through those movie clips and those stories. And, and, and that one of the neat things about the boot camp is that you, you're in this intimate set, setting and God's coming after your heart with stories. Absolutely. You know, we began this, this show talking about, you know, Santa and surviving Christmas and, and the whole philosophy of that, that naughty list. Mm. You know, and what we're not talking about here is God calls us to go to serve and go do, you know, but it's a whole mindset of I got to outweigh my naughty list stuff with good stuff yeah. because there's some, you know, spiritual balance sheet in heaven yeah. that God's keeping on whether we're going to, you know, find his favor or his love. You know, that's a whole dangerous philosophy we're talking about. And, and at these boot camps, God may say, hey, I want you to go do this. But it's really, honestly, if he does, that's going to be something that's awakening your heart. Yeah. It's something that you're going to find passion in. But of all the boot camps I've been to, God has not really only once said, hey, I want you to go do this. As far as like a ministry thing, it's all been gifts and restoration and ways to love my family better. You know, and those types of gifts that he's given me along the way. Yeah, and then that spawns passions. It spawns things that makes you want to go do and give and serve. Right? So we're not saying that that's not right. It's just getting the sequence of events. Right, yeah, absolutely. Right? Giving out of the overflow of God's heart. Thank you for listening to the, the, the show this week. We'll be back. Hope you have a great Christmas. And then uh, I don't know what we're talking about next time. Do you know, Robbie? We're still surviving Christmas, but it's after <laughs> surviving leftovers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. So we got to figure out what that looks like. Have a great week.